NFTs are reaching deeper into popular culture as television and movies are getting into the game. Space Jam, Saw, and the Walking Dead franchises are all coming to a blockchain near you. Amoebits has sold for a record-breaking 1,000 ETH, and American Express is offering NFTs to certain cardholders. Capcom is also bringing us Street Fighter 2 on the Wax blockchain, and we've got an interview with Lee Jenkins to discuss the product and how Wax is infinitely more energy efficient than other chains. It's nifty that you're here with us for the Nifty News episode number 74 of the Nifty Show. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Travis and Joel are the hosts you'll know. Travis and Joel say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go. It's the Nifty, really kind of spiffy. The Nifty Show. Do not know why, but I'm feeling rather nifty today, Sir Lord Travis Wright. Are you nifty? I'm always nifty, sometimes more nifty than others. A little bit spiffy. Uh, sometimes I'm a little iffy. Welcome to the Nifty Show. This is episode number 74. We've got Nifty News and an interviews for you to peruse all in the show. I'm feeling rather Dr. Seussian now. What if Dr. Seuss also has a German accent? I would not eat it on a boat. I would not be eating this NFT even if it was a goat. I would not be eating this NFT because I would have to eat my phone to do it. <laughs> I have goats, by the way. I bought a bunch of goats. Goats are pretty cool. They sold out. I just, this whole generative NFT industry, I feel like we got left behind. You know, we, we totally missed the me bits. And wait, do you hear about how much this one sold for today? Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Read me bits sold for a ridiculous price. Mm hmm. So let's timestamp this. This is the uh, 14th of July, 2021. It's 2.13 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And looking at CoinGecko for the NFT market cap, which, by the way, really easy to go to. If you just go to CoinGecko.com, you'll see an NFT tab up there at the top. And it will show you the market cap is about $15.5 Theta Network is up top, followed by Chili's, Axie Infinity, Engine Coin, Flow, Decentraland, Ecomi, Ultra, The Sandbox, and Bakery Swap. Not a lot of movement overall. Not a lot of movement overall. That is true. But there are some definitely some interesting ones that have popped up in here. And another one that we've known and loved, actually, Alien Worlds is up to 13. It's up 128% this past week. Last week, we talked about Axe Infinity, right? It was got up to 14 bucks last week. Now it's at $23, folks. This thing has taken off. It's all the way to number three, up 111%. Another one that we were fans of, Gala, uh, fan of the show, friend of the show. They're up 96% this week. Rev up 84%. These are all products and projects that we've talked about before, Joel. Like these, mm -hmm. these are ones that we've loved. I mean, Rev, that is an Animoca project. Sandbox is up 66%. That's an Animoca project, right? Uh, smooth love potion, baby. That's up eighty four percent. So there's some interesting ones that are that are on the rise. And uh, you know what? With the market, if you look at the overall crypto market in itself, it's just kind of going sideways. But a lot of these NFT projects are going up ways. And I think we're going to see more of that as people continue to innovate. You know, there's only so many things that you could do with 
um, with DeFi right now. And people are slowly iterating on it, but I feel like the sandbox is much more wide open for what you can create with NFTs. It's a much newer marketplace. And we are seeing mainstream properties enter into it. In fact, our lead story this week is about Nifty Inc. They're launching a social NFT platform in a partnership with Warner Brothers. And the first NFTs that they're going to launch with are limited edition from characters from the new Space Jam film, Space Jam, A New Legacy. So who's the, you know, of course, the original Space Jam was uh, was Michael Jordan, who is yep. the player that's going to be featured in this version? It is LeBron James in this. Of one. course, of course, yeah. it's the king. But you know what, LeBron James now at this point is like he's in his late thirties. Like he's not he's not a young guy anymore. I, I would think that you know they would. I, I really wish they maybe would have had a Kobe Space Jam. Like every era, like who's their main person? Like they should have, they should have another little Space Jam in there. The Michael Jordan one was great. It had. Charles Barkley and some other great players in it. A lot of those guys from the uh, the, uh, the 1992 Dream Team Olympic team. Uh, so that was fun. It's just interesting to see. You know what? I think that um, I don't know. I, I'm not a big LeBron James fan. Uh, he, he sticks his nose in too many things. I think. But, uh, well, now he's he, sticking them in the movies. He's sticking them in the movies now. Well, you know what? Shaquille O'Neal did that. Maybe That's they should have right. had it. Space Jam with Shaquille O'Neal. You know, it's really funny, too, because I remember when Space Jam came out uh, and I'm thinking basketball and animation and Bugs Bunny. Right. How how is this going to work? And I was fascinated by it. And of course, I went to see it in the theater and I'm not even a hoops fan. I just I didn't I didn't care, but it was entertaining as could be in a runaway hit. So we'll see if they can pull it off here with uh with Space Jam Legacy, his company, Cuban's company, Nifty's raised $10 million. And I guess they're giving away some freebies to start with. Mm. I got a question, though. I wonder. It's like, so, you know, you're Mark Cuban. You're like, hey, I'm doing this project. Why would he need to go out and raise $10 million? Doesn't he have $10 million? Like, is he like, you know, like I want to give a percentage of this to I want to just distribute a whole bunch of percentages of the company all over. Like if you're if you're Mark Cuban, like why wouldn't you just lead it yourself? I, I don't know. That's a really that's a really good question. Uh, well, I, I, now I'm Mark Cuban instead of having 100 percent of it or whatever. Now I have like 20 percent of it left because I'm or whatever the numbers are. I gave some to Coinbase and I gave some to AT&T Capital, Liberty City Ventures and Tops, and I gave some to Dapper Labs and Samsung Next. But those are some interesting people who are participating into this. I wonder if Nifty's has a, uh, a token that they're going to be launching or what it's actually built on. Is it on the, is it I don't know. They All I know is that these NFTs are being minted on um, a side chain called Palm. And right. so I'm not familiar with Palm, but um, I've got to hand it to them. <laughs> um, backed by Ethereum yeah, Studio Palm Consensus. Yeah, thank, you're welcome. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. Here's the deal. As far as raising capital, there's some people that are into kingdom building and they raise capital because they want to build some really big businesses. I've always turned down investment money for any of my businesses because I don't want to get tied up with ventures, you know, venture capital and having people own a piece of my company. I figure if I can't fund it myself or find a way to make what I need to fund it myself, then then I'm not going to do it. I'd rather have my my freedom. But that's just my own uh, you know, approach to it. 
Others are different. You know what? We were talking to an attorney and we were having a conversation about, you know, like we're like nifty this, nifty that. And they're like, oh no, well, we can't, you can't really patent that or you can't trademark that because that's like an industry term. And then here somebody comes out, it's like, we're nifties, like we're nifty gateway. I was like, that always seemed like bogus advice to me, anyways. It was like, here it is. It's they're called nifties. Some of them are calling nifties, they're NFTs, but some of them are calling them nifties. And uh, there you go. Nifties Lawyers are there to cover everybody's ass, and they they do it with a very wide um, net. Net, yeah, huge, huge net. Um, I wish there was a transition for this. I wanted to say, speaking of nets, like the closest I can get is speaking of fish nets, Playboy is unwrapping their Miami Beach NFT collection. Magazine and media company has partnered with Super Rare to launch their collection at Decentraland Art Week. It's going to feature five NFTs, including a photo of a Playboy bunny from 1970. Is it, is it okay to still appreciate uh, the, the female shape? Because I think it's racist now or sexist or something. Genderist. But I, you know what I just got out of this is that there's going to be Decentraland Art Week, right? Mm. A week for Decentraland, and if you actually type in Art Week 2021 Decentraland on DuckDuckGo, you can actually see all the information, all the events that are surrounding that. And uh, looks like it started on what the eighth. Looks like it started on the eighth of July. So it looks like we missed it. Job, There's boss. a lot of events going on here. Events.decentraland.org. You can see all the different events that are taking place. Now, you know, I bought some Decentraland property. I've never built on it. I've roamed around. And even with a high-end PC, it draws so slow to go from region to region. I know people are creating some really interesting stuff in there. Apparently, I'm missing out on it. And maybe I need to spend more time there. Uh, but, you know, I, There's a lot of artists that are popping in there. And actually, it is still going on. Today is the seventh of the art week, and there is two, three more days, and then a big party. Looks like there's an art week after party as well. So taking the virtual world and bringing it into the real, real world and taking it back to the virtual world. So there you go. Uh, lots happening in these uh, these different metaverses, uh, Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, Sandbox. I haven't even had a chance to check out Somnium Space yet. I know that the people who like it are huge fans of it, and there's apparently a lot happening in that um, in that space. So one of these days, maybe we'll get somebody on the show to, to talk about it. All right. I just included that additional piece of information in the show notes. You can go check that out at nifty.show forward slash zero seven four. Actually, no zero, just seven four. No zero. No zero. No zero <laughs> for you. Zeros cost extra today. So as I mentioned in the intro, MeBits is, uh, is pretty big. And apparently issue number 17,522 sold this week for $2.1 million, which just about smashed all of the... Uh, it did like the previous high was something like half that for um, for a, a collectible like that. And I'm, I'm not sure why this particular one sold for that much. Oh, um, probably money laundering. <laughs> I mean, what's special about this? I mean, one? come on. The average in MeBits NFT is going for 4.4 ETH, which is, you know, still 10 grand ish. Right. So. This one, CryptoPunk 1886, went for 1.6 million or 450 ETH. 
And then a CryptoPunk is selling on average for about 15 ETH, which is about $37,000. And think about that. I mean, seriously, a, th a thousand ETH? Yeah, $2.1 million. Let's just think about it that way. So there is a link to the asset on OpenSea. I'm having a hard time loading it for some reason so we can actually see what it is. That, I'm having um, a hard time it's, not, it's actually not loading. It's not loading at all. So maybe maybe we'll, you guys will be able to load that up later, but OpenSea apparently is closed for uh, for sailing at the moment. Uh, here's another first, at least they're claiming it's a first in the NFT world, Glimpse, that has the GLMs token. Um, these folks are giving away $1,000 worth of GLMS and a limited edition from the, from this, uh, from the founding team, a limited edition NFT. If you went to Times Square when this billboard was up and you scan the QR code, you're basically, I guess, are you claiming this NFT or you're entering to win? No, I, you, I, I'm pretty sure you claim it. You own the moment with that, right? And um, yeah, so we've had a conversation about this. Like, how cool would it be if like Banksy or some artist like, you know, did some graffiti somewhere and you could walk up to it if you were one of the first X amount of people to take a photo of it or something uh you know maybe you build a qr code into the art somehow or something i don't know but you take a photo of it recognize it's, a, it's an nft and you're one of the first ones it would mint it and put it into your wallet and maybe you own one of 21 of them or you want only one the first one to get it owns it or whatever like that would just be kind of a fun little viral sort of treasure hunt type of thing go claim those nfts off of real world things i'm going to claim this nft off your cat mine now. Now your cat whiskers belong to me interesting idea so we'll be keeping an eye on these guys here at glimpse uh, also from the hollywood world hollywood weird world oh, i can't talk um and the metaverse the walking dead is going to be in the sandbox metaverse so this is, you know, Sandbox, of course, is owned by our friends at Animoca Brands. They've got a billion dollar valuation now. And um, I guess the Walking Dead creator wants to bring an authentic new zombie experience to the Sandbox. And so brains, brains. Yeah. So look at it. You know, as the show title says, Hollywood is going NFT. We knew this was going to come. We knew it was we were a little early in some cases, but here it is. I think really the the whole lockdown and COVID quarantine kind of thing made people dive more into their devices. And NFTs, I think, really took off quicker than mainstream, quicker than we probably expected, right? Because, I mean, I, I expected these to be rolling, but I really didn't expect them to be blowing up so quickly. Yeah, this is the we moved from pioneer to early adopter at the, you know, the turn of the year, the way that we see it. And now we're like things are moving quickly. So this walking dead experience will encourage players to unite with friends and other players as they overcome the day to day requirements of surviving a walker infested habitat, scavenging for food, gathering resources, building walls, nurturing relationships, making alliances and more and you'll be able to be voxel versions of some of the walking dead characters such as rick grimes or some of the walkers what's really interesting about these metaverses travis is that 
you can build whatever you want on these properties. And these sandbox properties are actually pretty big. Um, I'm, I'm helping to judge on a competition they're having right now for people that have created games within their properties. Um, and so you, one of the ones that I uh, looked at was like, you bet on a camel and the camels race around and you know you can win sand if your camel wins. Another one was more like a World of Warcraft questing game and it's a little rough you know the coding of these things it's they do have a playmaker that allows you to create these games but we're going to see developed over the coming years in all of these metaverses experiences right we're not just creating nfts we're creating these experiences and they're only limited by the technology that they're offering and the creativity of the people that are building in these spaces so true. And you know what? I mean, Animoca owns, you know, the sandbox and they're, as we mentioned early on, like their, their rev tokens have blown up. It's like also in the news, like the rev racing, they are giving away at what, $150,000 in prizes. And so players are going to be able to compete with their, I guess their, um, their race car, their, their NFT, right. From uh, F1 Delta time. And uh, so they're going to be using the Rev Racing Car NFTs, and you're going to be running laps. And the top prize is twelve thousand uh, dollars, nine thousand for second place, forty five hundred for third place. You're going to be giving out a thousand different prizes, all paid in Rev tokens. And how crazy is that? That we're taking our NFTs, we're racing them and playing them. It's the merger between NFTs and an e, you know, freaking e gaming. It's crazy. This is also cool that if you're holding at least 8,000 rev tokens on July 16th, which is two days from recording, then you'll automatically get a racing car NFT in there. And if you have uh, 12,000, you'll get an additional car. And if you have 20,000, you'll get an additional car. So up to three cars um, are going to be dropped into your wallet just so because they want to bring people in. Right. Let's get going. Let's get racing, gang. Come on. We got we got speedways to speed on. Dude, that is awesome. I got some rev tokens, so I guess he's dropped, and uh, that is great. Rev Motorsports releasing their own NFTs, and these are not just like these are not the F1 Delta cards that I, I stand corrected. These are like sort of you know, souped up, sort of like Japanese cars, <laughs> you know, it's like with the big, big pin on the back spoiler. And that oh, yeah, there you nice. go. Um, not not exactly Hollywood, oh, but definitely. But check this out. The ecosystem is going to be cross-chain, and they're presuming that it's going to be NFTs from Ethereum, Flow, and Polygon all into one game. There you go. Bring it all together. One big metaverse. So not necessarily Hollywood as we know it, but uh, if you watch The Office, which I have so many times, I know every episode, uh, the man who played Kevin, Kevin, on the office, Brian Baumgartner is in a, a new comedy called Electric Jesus, and they too are doing NFTs. So the the motion picture company has negotiated rights around the film's NFT and digital merchandising marketing, one of the first market deals for rights in the independent film space. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with it yet, but expect to see this 
all over the place. Every time that a film is released, that there will be some level of NFT and digital collectible associated with it because they become great marketing tools. They become great community building tools. And of course, they're collectibles in and of their own right. So they can we will see some really creative stuff and we'll see some really lame stuff. Yeah, I mean, you just named it right there. It's like you now what's cool about this is like, especially if you're building on wax that you can say, all right, everyone has this particular NFT from our movie. We assume they're fans of Electric Jesus because they have the NFT from Electric Jesus. So now when we release Electric Jesus, Electric Boogaloo too, then they'll know we need to drop these, you know, drop something to all of them, a promo card, let them know what else is coming out. It becomes a phenomenal marketing tool. It becomes a phenomenal community building tool and people are getting it. So this is exciting to see uh, some of the things that we had thought of about a year ago popping up. I want to see what happens when a major director like James Cameron or Steven Spielberg, like who's going to be the first of the, the majors to get NFTs to see the vision and go, oh, crap, here's what we're going to do. Right. And, and just blow everybody away with something completely revolutionary and, and super creative. That's going to happen. I don't know who the first one is going to be, but I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it'll probably be James Cameron NFT. James Cameron FT or somebody else who has a name that ends in N. Well, I'll tell you, the the people who own the movie property for Saw, which I have not seen because I'm not a big fan of horror movies, although I understand that this is uh, also very psychological, they are coming to the NFT world on the wax blockchain. We don't know too much about it, just that it's coming. I don't know what the cards are going to look like yet. Uh, hopefully it will not come with blood splatters in your NFT pack, but it is uh, it's coming soon. So more Hollywood goodness or horrorness, I suppose. I think so. You know, horrors you know, have, have launched on, on wax and those have been very popular mm -hmm. and, and they've been really cool. And so if you're saw and you have a huge, huge budget, like these things better be really cool. Like you better be blowing away some of these other properties that have already launched. That's what I'm saying. Like these better be spectacular. All right. So the, the Euro 2020 was huge. And uh, finished up, I actually watched the final between Italy and in England. And that thing went an extra session, and then it went into penalties, and Italy ended up winning in England's home, on England's home turf. And um, Cristiano Ronaldo was in the top scorer trophy, and uh, he got that from the thing. And uh, they turned that into a collectible as well. So there are some other ones, other, other players from, the, from this event. Uh, they got their unique, they got their physical trophies and they got the digital collectible version of this. So you're going to start seeing more of this, like, oh, you got the Oscars, or you got the Grammy and here's your Grammy. And here's the one of one uh, collectible ownership token for that, which that's an innovation right there. Indeed it is. And, you know, we've also discussed how we're going to see more musicians and performance artists get into the NFT space. I'm not familiar with this artist. Uh, her name is spelled S-Z-A. I don't know if you say the letters or if it's Zah, 
like pizza or sizza or sa. I don't know how you pronounce it. So I'm really sorry, but she's a beautiful young lady and apparently incredibly talented vocalist. And there was a set of NFTs that were released for American Express card holders. You had to have an American Express card in order to purchase one of these 14 different moments. Each one of them are clips from the uh, the concerts. Uh, I think it was one concert in particular that took place in uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. And they're sold out. They're gone. You can't get one now. They were $100 each. I don't know how many of each were available, but they're, uh, they're single, gone. Single edition collectibles. So what are they, uh, each ones? Like, what the hell is that? Like, what? A single edition release with 14 different collectibles. So each so the, each one is a one of one that's sold for. So basically, they made $1,400. Like, big deal. Well, there must be some secondary market value because um, now people are putting these up for auction. And like the first one I clicked on has a current bid of $15,000. So I don't know if that is. Return on investments like, boom, I use my American Express card. Membership has its privileges. Boom, I bought one for a hundred bucks and sell it for 15,000 bucks. That's yeah, nobody told me about this. So guy, American Express, I mean, I, hold, I got a platinum card. I mean, it's a card. It's so thick. You could use it as a weapon. And they didn't call me and say, hey, Joel, you can buy this. Za. Right. Bra. So whatever. Speaking also of music, Muse, this front man, has dropped a track as an NFT here in Cointelegraph's Nifty News for the week. So uh, Muse is a great band. Big fan of them. They've had, uh, they've had some pretty amazing songs. And so the front man has decided to release its own track. Matt Bellamy has released an NFT and uh, there's going to be, it's going to, he's going to actually do a 10 track solo album. And I think he's going to probably creating more NFTs with that. So there's a song called pray that was also in the game of Thrones soundtrack. And uh, there you go. More artists knocking out NFTs. Knock it like it's hot. Knock it like it's hot. Uh, there's one more project I ran across this week that I want to give a shout out to because I, uh, I I did buy into it. I thought they were cool. It's called the Monstrosities, um, the, but it's spelled like Monstro Cities, C-I-T-I-E-S, monstrosities.io. And they are these generative pieces of art. I'm pretty sure you got one as well, Travis. And, and while our friends at home can't see this, I want to show you this guy right here that I got. He's got, uh, he's this monster. There's, I think there's four different um, classes uh, or tribes in here. And he's got this general outfit. Well, they just announced that they have negotiated a deal with the sandbox and they're going to be doing some cool stuff in sandbox. And they went ahead, they asked me if they could make a sandbox character because everybody who owns one of these uh, is going to have a sandbox character of their NFT. So check this out. This is uh, this is my guy right here, Trev, all voxeled. What? So you? Oh my God! That is next level shit right there. Is that you get a generative art one, and then they're going to convert it into pixel art? Correct, based on your generative wow. art. So I'm going to have uh, Aaron place both these images in the show notes, so you guys can go see what these look like at nifty.show forward slash seven four. Wait a second, folks. There's only so far of these monstrosities. Only fifteen hundred of them sold. Yes. Out of so far yet. not only that but they just made an announcement and this is not a paid uh thing not as well 
Um, they they made an announcement, um, I think, just today that by holding them because they want to get them all into the ecosystem and there's a lot of competition right now, just by holding them for every five that you own at whatever the snapshot is, you'll want to check their discord. You get a free one. So I've got like I've got, I think, 18. So they rounded it to 15. So I'm about to get three new ones dropped to me for free. Nice. And I don't know how often they're going to do that. I don't know if they're going to burn any of them. Um, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. So know, I just love the idea that they are taking the art and then also it's like, oh, look, you just got a really cool one. Now we're going to 3D pixelize that. That's fucking badass, folks. Like that right there is like you're getting a 2D piece and then you're getting a 3D piece that's interact. You can interact with it in a metaverse, dude. Are you serious? Like, and most likely they'll probably do something where it's like, all right, now you can, you know, have it as an AR. Like, like this right here, this to me, that is next level right there. It's not just generative art. You're getting generative art, plus you're getting 3D art, plus they're giving you another one if you have five of them. It's uh, it's if you go to monstrosities.io, you could see there's 8,000 of them in total. Four elemental monster civilizations, Ignis, Spiritus, Aquatica, and Terra. And there's a monstro token, but they're creating a monster DAO. So the community is going to determine how the game develops. But there's going to be community competitions between the four species and the metaverse is going to be on the sandbox so this is it's just a really cool concept i saw it i didn't know if it would be huge you know when it went on sale but personally i'm glad i bought a bunch because i love that they're turning them into these sandbox avatars that i'm going to be able to use in the sandbox Mm. yep i think it is really really cool great find on that one right there and they have a nice roadmap right so it's like so they're giving away an ETH for every thousand monsters that sold. They're they're doing as you said, they're creating a DAO. They're going to acquire a, a sandbox parcel and build for monstro cities for in-game communities. So this is not like a one-time sort of a deal. This is something where I can foresee it being around for a long time because it's cool. And they're do- is it is it sort of is it on that um, uh, what is it called? Not the bell curve, but is it on the uh, a bonding curve? No, it's yeah, a it's a flat price. Per. I think they're I think they're 0.07 ETH, but of that 0.011 goes directly into the DAO. So it's kind of like community ownership. Um, okay. So it's actually it's you know it's kind of average in terms of price for what these things would be. Uh, and if I can, before we get to our interview, I want to toot um, my own horn for just a moment. The Bro Punks are sold out as of today, just over 24 hours. All 4,200 are accounted for. And um, if you have some, make sure you open them because on Thursday, the 15th at 10.50 a.m. Eastern time, there will be a snapshot of the blockchain uh, of, on Wax in every wallet that has an open bro punk. For every one that you have in there, you're going to get a bronus pack dropped to you with all new characteristics and so uh, you don't want to miss those because those are going to be even more rare and they don't cost you anything more that is true no fun more. stuff congratulations on that there sir lord joel com very cool thank you sir lord travis by the way um i haven't mentioned this on the show yet but uh, we have two new scottish landowners in the bad crypto family now 
Uh-oh, who's that? Uh, we have uh, Lady Erin, uh, the producer. She is now a Scottish landowner. And uh, Sir Rufus the Mighty is now a Scottish landowner. Right, Lord Rufus. <laughs> they had a two-for-one deal. So I got the certificates that's official. They've got their property. Nice. See, you know what? Dogs are moving on up. Property owning dog. And you know what? The dog could really take advantage of that little one square meter of land. That's right. He jumped right all over it. And he, nobody would have to clean him up if he didn't want because he's like, this is my life. My favorite place to pee. So um, while I was having some visit to the dentist, you had the opportunity to speak with Lee Jenkins, the product manager at Wax regarding the upcoming Street Fighter 2 series. So let's go to the tape. We have Lee Jenkins with us, and uh, we're going to be talking uh, Street Fighter 2. Lee, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. Man, you're becoming a friend of the show. That was the third, fourth time you've been on here? I think it's the third time. Third time. Right on. So before we get in and start talking about Street Fighter real quick, I'd like to talk about the green efficiency of the WAX blockchain because people are still talking about how Ethereum and, and, and NFTs are so bad. Could you maybe, you know, enlighten the audience again who maybe hasn't heard about WAX and, and how green it is and maybe what makes WAX so green? Sure. So... WAX has now been certified as carbon neutral by Climate Care. We actually now offset more carbon than we create, which I think is, is pretty cool. Uh, you know, what it comes down to is architecture. So if we want to get technical, you got proof of work and you got proof of stake, right? And so proof of work chains like Ethereum and Bitcoin, uh, the way those work is everyone's throwing computing power at the network and they're actually competing to mine blocks, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that competition, you end up throwing ever increasing amounts of energy at the blockchain to mine those blocks. But wasteful, the day, very wasteful. It is. I mean, a blockchain is a glorified database. That's mm -hmm. what it is. So it should not take the same amount of energy as many small countries to run an individual blockchain. Uh, whereas on WAX, we use delegated proof of stake. Mm -hmm. And so a delegated proof of stake, you have the token holders vote on the block producers. And then once you're elected as a block producer, you provide only the exact amount of energy needed to operate the blockchain. So there's no competition, it's cooperation once you're elected and you're elected based on your contributions to the community. <clears throat> so with delegated proof of stake, it ends up being this very efficient manner of running a blockchain because you're only using the exact amount of computing power necessary to run that database. Um, and then yep. if you're staking, then you're actually earning some some wax if, as, as yep. your reward because you're staking. How does one get approved? Because I know a guy who like does some stuff who likes wax. So so to become a block producer, uh, you submit an application, and then we have an office of inspector general that reviews all the prospective and current block producers. They write reports, and mm -hmm. so all the token holders can be informed about who to vote for. Uh, and, you know, make informed decisions, in, you know, when they're doing that voting for who should be the block producers on WAX. Um, and it's just, you know, a constant process of putting out reports and everyone being able to evaluate right, right. them and vote and stake and earn staking and voting rewards. So it's a very efficient system. It's also definitely worth pointing out because 
one of the, the things you'll see on social media when Wax talks about that it's you know, more efficient is everyone's like, oh, that's probably because it's not used that much or it's used less than Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Wax actually has about six times more users than Ethereum does on, in daily average users, uh, mm-hmm. or sorry, daily active users, DAUs. Okay. Uh, we also have about you know, a massive number of you know, more transactions. Let me actually share a, a screen with you. That I think you'll find impressive. Uh, so let's see here. So sharing, let me add one tab and go into DAP radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is that? Here it is, the industry overview for DAP radar. So obviously this is a third party independent site. They review lots of blockchains. So we go to users per protocol first off. So there's Binance and Wax. Wax actually is ahead of Binance today in terms of number of DAUs. ETH is down at 96,000 versus almost 400,000 for Wax. So today, about a 4x difference in daily active users. You can go throw Flow on there. Flow today had 20,000 users compared to almost 400,000 for Wax. So that's almost a 20x difference. Then scroll down to transactions per protocol. There's just no, it's not even a competition. Wax, 16 million transactions today. You know, I had, let me add Flow, let's add Ethereum. ETH had 175,000, Flow 110,000, Wax 16 million. So whereas Ethereum uses the same amount of energy as a number of small countries to run their blockchain because of the proof of work uh, architecture, with Wax, you can see how much more volume of transactions we have. It's about the same carbon footprint as five U.S. individuals. So about one U.S. household is the an, is the annual carbon footprint for Wax. It's just Did you hear that, folks? Difference. That is amazing information, Lee. Like this right here, this data. I look at this and I go, "How in God's green earth is Wax only like a hundred million dollar market cap when we're talking about?" more transactions like we're talking 15x more transactions than eos the next competitor at binance we're talking about i mean you're talking 100x transactions more than ethereum on a daily basis and the price difference is just ridiculous now a lot of these are just small different micro transactions and things that are happening you know on marketplaces and trading of nfts but that's activity folks i mean we're talking we're talking major and so i wanted to cover that so thank you so much and you know, once that people are like, well, where's all this activity coming from? It must be bots. It must be this. There are 30,000 plus dApps on Wax now. That's where the activity is coming from. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, many. Not of the only that, you have stuff like, you know, on our planet and people staking NFTs and, and each one of those is a transaction. So there's a lot of little, and you have alien worlds, right? And cogs. Yep. And so there's a lot of these things in blockchain heroes. There's a lot of these things that are going on that are contributing to that. And that's those, those numbers are only going to explode. And you're basically saying the total carbon footprint for wax is essentially the same as one household. I mean, look, look, at, uh, look at the rankings of users here, right? Uh, we've been complaining to DAP Radar, by the way, these volume numbers are dramatically off. It's about, you know, closer to 10% of the true volume of these markets. And they're working on fixing that, but the user numbers are correct. So you've got the number one and two marketplaces in the world by users for NFTs. Uh, you know, here's OpenSea, 6,000. Nefty Block's the number two in the world. 
has almost double that. Then you've got Atomic Market today, number one by number of users. So, you know, then you scroll down, you know, Simple Market's on there still. So, I mean, just in the top seven, we've got three of them. You know, Atomic Market alone has more users than every marketplace on Ethereum combined. We have a number of the top games in the world. We have a number of the top dApps in the world. We have, you know, we're dominating in NFT marketplaces. So the usage is there. It's massive. It's real. It's spread out across many, many dApps from many, many developers. There's no ecosystem like Wax in the world, and we're also carbon neutral. Yes. So that's great. So let's, well, let's transition for that. Not only do you have more transactions and these great marketplaces, but also you have top tier brand properties coming to Wax. So here we are. And you can actually go to this, folks, at S2. What sf2.cards will take you to this website, which is on.wax.io forward slash street dash fighter dash s2. That's way long. Go to sf2.cards. It'll take you exactly here. And it looks like we are launching in a little over almost three, almost three days, a little under three days from now. Lee, tell us about Street Fighter 2. What's going on with this project? So... It's just a massive upgrade across the board. Should I continue sharing the screen, by the way, or should I? Yeah, take definitely. It off? People want to see this. We're gonna we're gonna make sure this is uh, this video is available. So, so here there there is a great video that uh, trailer here that you can watch when you go to sf2.cards, which explains it more. Uh, it's just an upgrade in every every way, shape, and form. Right. First off, fully animated cards. Oh, there we go. Oh, we were grumping about that last time. We're like, wait a second. There's not enough fully animated badassery going on. Look yep. at this. Now we're talking about fights and moves, and those are beautiful. This is what everyone was asking for. They said, you know. You got Capcom's attention last time by selling so many cards. We're like, wait a second. Okay, you got our attention. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so first off, everything's animated. Second, we're not doing an unlimited sale this time. It's a pack limited sale. Uh, we have 30% fewer packs than we sold in series one. Okay. But one more important thing to note, we've now added key cards to the mix, or sorry, I should say chi cards to the mix. Okay. So chi cards are fuel cards, almost like a trainer card in Pokemon. So mm -hmm. to craft, you need chi cards. Packs contain 30% chi cards to give you the fuel you need to craft. So what that means is with 30% fewer packs and 30% of the packs being chi cards, there are 52% fewer build cards in series two than series one. So that means significantly less uh, final cards will be created. This is going to be a much scarcer set than series one. So we one, we have the massive improvement in animation, look and feel. We have this new introduction of these crafting fuel cards called chi cards, and then a dramatic reduction in supply of those build cards for series two. Uh, the way that works is so you start out with your build card, right? So we've got 40 build cards for the starting 40 characters. Uh, then to craft a final card, you take two matching build cards and one basic chi card. Then you get your final card in one of these four rarities, all fully. Okay, so so let me compare that to last time. Last time you had two build cards and you go pop how, 
And then you would actually then add another build card to it to level it up, level it up to level five. And then once you get to level five, you do something else. And then that gives you that, that would give you the next level card. So this one right here is you're taking two build cards and a cheat card. And then boom, that's going to give you one of these final cards. That gives you one of these final base flame kale or collector's edition. So there's going to be much less of a race as there was last time where it was like, everybody's like, oh, build, 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 build. This one right here is like build pow. Well, build pow, but there is still an upgrade for power speed. Okay. Okay. Except instead of upgrading one, two, three, four, five, you go from one directly to five. To okay. create a level five power score card, okay. you take the final card, you add five more build cards to it, and an empowered chi card. To create an empowered chi card, you put two basic chi cards together to get an empowered. Then you take that empowered, you take five more matching build cards, you put that together with your final card, and you get a fully empowered final card, which adds additional animation to the card, plus you then get the bonus card. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so let's recap that. So we're gonna so we're gonna take our build card and a cheat card. Boom! That's gonna create a new card. So now our new card, if we want to level that up, we have to have five more of those original build cards, and an empowered cheat card, which means two cheat cards together. Boom! So essentially, you're taking one, two, three, four, ten five, cards. six, seven, eight, nine, ten cards to merge to create this final one. Yep, that is correct. Uh, then. The bonus card comes in three rarities. It's a very cool, fully animated Ryu bonus card. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you will use those bonus cards along with uh, other cards in the set to create two more characters. We have Dan and we have Rose, which were recently added to Street Fighter uh, in addition to the 40 characters that we had previously. So those are bonus recipes towards the end. So you have to, you craft through with your 40 characters, you get some of those close class bonus cards, and then you could use that to craft Dan. Then Rose has a special recipe that also uses some series one cards to get Rose. Yeah, that was Joel's question. Joel unfortunately is not able to be here. He has had a thing going on. So he, that was his one question was, what was the utility or is there going to be any utility from series one? I know that's what a lot is. It's on a lot of people's minds. There's so many cards out there. So Rose utilizes some recipes, including some of those series one cards. Yep. And so then you've got, do we know which ones or is that a secret to be figured out later? Uh, it'll be revealed on the, the first day. Everything goes live. You'll see. Okay. Imagine it'll be a run for those on the marketplace. I'm sure. Absolutely. And, and then the, that's all four rarities of Dan and Rose. So you've got base, flame, KO, and collectors for both Dan and Rose. Uh, and the only way to get those are going to be using uh, your fully empowered bonus cards, because the bonus cards can be powered up as well. So you'll have to power up the bonus cards and use those to get uh, Dan and Rose. Plus, you'll also need some Series 1 cards for Rose. So we've done, I think, a very good job of creating a far more compelling set of recipes in S2. I think everything is just massively upgraded. I think the addition of fuel cards adds a lot of you know, interesting dynamics to the collection. And again, like I said, everything is gonna be dramatically more scarce than it was in series one. You know, we did that unlimited sale in series one. Uh, you know, to be honest, we were not expecting 
you know, the amount of sales we got in series one, like before series one, the biggest sale we had had on wax was around half a million dollars. And then series one comes along and boom, it was like $2 million in sales. You know, it, mm -hmm. it caught us off guard a little bit. And, and then so, Tops had their baseball card launch, and that was another big one as well. So there's been yeah. some – they're going to be doing another one coming up here. So let's talk about that. Do you have – is it is this on this webpage where you can scroll down and actually see the various different – like what are the packs, how many are there going to be, and what kind of limits are there going to be? Because I know there's a lot of whales out there who are like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And, and so I want to know, is there like, is, is there one of those sort of a, you buy some and then you have like a little cool down period. How is this going to go? Uh, tell us about these packs. So there's going to be two pack sizes, the same as series one. So we've got the mm -hmm. standard pack with 10 cards for $9.99, the ultimate pack with 60 cards for $49.99. Uh, it's a credit card sale like last time. It's limited to 15,000 standard packs and 25,000 ultimate packs. Those numbers were picked uh, based on, you know, relative popularity of the two packs in series one. And it is, I believe in each case, fewer being sold here than the total number that have been opened so far in series one. Wow. So, you so know, how many can we buy at a time? Like, so there's 15,000 of the standard packs and 25,000 of the ultimate packs. How many can I get? Like five of each at a time, or is there? I, I'm pretty sure we're limiting the sale to a thousand dollars per transaction, which is, I think, okay. what we normally do. Okay. So, so I think 20, it's 20 packs. Those are going to go quick. I I hope so. You know, I think you know we put a lot of work into this set. Capcom put a lot of work into this set. Uh, well, we like it when you slow it down a little bit more, like. You know, because then it allows everybody to get packs whenever you have it where $1,000 per transaction, that's going to be 20 of the ultimate packs. Those things are going to go like that. And uh, some of those standard packs, $1,000 worth of standard packs, that's like, that, that would be a lot of those packs. Well, but there is going to be something different in this sale to address that. We're introducing a queuing system with this sale. Okay. So when you show up at the site, you're put into a queue. Okay. And then the queue basically will display. It'll have like a timer. It'll be like, you know, your position in the queue is X. Sort of like how NBA Top Shot has been doing it. Exactly how Top Shot. That's needed because that, that's going to reduce a lot of the strain on the network that where you have everybody trying to buy all at once, that creates this big problem. Allowing people to get into a queue, that could be really good. That could, that could potentially solve that. I like that, Lee. Yep. And so then after you make that purchase, if you want to make another purchase, you'll get back in the queue. And so we, that effectively gives you a cool down uh, so that there'll be a chance for broad participation. So I think we've, you know, th this is a constant process of improvement, right? I mean, NFTs are new. Everything yeah. we're doing with pack sales is new. And so I think we did a great job with S1, but we've managed to make a lot of significant improvements to S2. And this is just another part of that. All packs are pre-minted. All crafting is pre-minted. So there won't be the the same kind of rush to craft mm -hmm. for mint ones because so it's all different. That's good. Uh, so, so let me ask you this then. So say I have, I'm able and I open it up and I'm like, oh damn, I just got a Ryu number, written mint number one. And then I can build on top of that and then it's still a number one? Nope. So the way crafting works is when you craft with a card, uh, that card gets burned and you're issued a new card. Right. So 
the mint number of the cards, the build cards you get in the packs is not related to the mint number of what you get from crafting. So if you have a low mint number that you got in the packs, you Don't may burn want to one aside. Yeah, yeah, okay. But if you do, so then you could maybe be the first one to craft something, but since they're already pre-minted, you could get number 500. That is correct. So, so the fact that you're the first one to mint. So you know what? That's been one of the things, because I was actually moving or I was traveling whenever the original um, Street Fighter went on sale. And so I wasn't available to do that crafting land rush. And so I've not done a whole lot of them because I'm like, all right, great. Now I'm getting all these cruddy mints. What's great about this is that I could wait a week or two down the road and I could still get a mint number one. Yep, and so it should allow for more consistent engagement over a much longer period of time because mm -hmm. one month on, two months on, still got chances at mint ones, right? Dude. So people will continue engaging with this set for much longer because they'll no longer say, oh, the, the low mints are all gone, right? So yeah, well, that's what I've said. I'm like, ah, oh, the low mints are all gone. Now I just got to go buy them on the secondary market. So that's great. Any other cool mechanisms or anything you'd like folks to know about Street Fighter 2 launch coming up on, I believe, what, Thursday? It's coming up on Thursday. Then we're going to, on the day before, uh, we will be doing this demo pack uh, to give us a chance to test the queuing system and then work out any final kinks. The, the demo right. pack will have... Uh, you know, a bunch of promo cards in it, promo stickers, I should say. Looks like uh, one o'clock Eastern, four o'clock, what, four o'clock, was it Pacific? Yep, that, that, and that's to, so that's to get the pack and then to open the pack. Okay, okay. so one o'clock Eastern is when they'll be available, folks, and then you'll be able to open them up at four o'clock Eastern on yep. Wednesday, the day before the launch. Very cool. So those are free promo packs, uh, which contain stickers for series two. And then on Thursday is the actual sale. So we're gonna be doing a good test of the, the queuing system, making sure all the, any final kinks are worked out before the big sale day. Boy, that's exciting. I'm really impressed with the, uh, with the updates that you've done. It really sounds like you listened to the community, you, you, you took a look at the data and you said, let's tweak this, let's tweak that, let's bring in some stuff from series one. Let's make it let's let's make it fun and entertaining and allow that long give it a longer tail. I think you really did a great great job on this and I'm looking forward. I'm going to buy a bunch of them myself because uh, I'm going to be around and I love the product. I love the brand. Great job. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. So while Joel this past week had to unfortunately go to the dentist to get some dental things taken care of. I had the opportunity to interview Lee Jenkins uh, about the upcoming uh, Street Fighters launch that's coming up in a couple of days. I guess what? Yeah, two days from now, tomorrow. I think I think it's uh, Thursday, the fifteenth. So we're we're recording on the fourteenth. This comes out this evening, so it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, but what's really relevant was is the very first part of the interview. We talk about the efficiency of wax and how many transactions are happening on wax compared to the other blockchains that are doing nfts wax blows away everyone and it's over two hundred thousand times more efficient basically uh what they say like minting all these nfts is the essence is like basically uh, the whole wax ecosystem is basically uses as much energy as one household of four would use in a year
Like wow. that to me is that was just insane. You're gonna want to tune in. You can listen to this now, or you can actually go on YouTube and watch the interview there. There you go, folks. Very cool. So Street Fighter, very interesting the way they're doing this one. Way more rare than the last time. So and I cooler. The cards cool. are way cooler. Way cool. Yeah. And I love the sort of the, the chi building, the, the, the chi card, the power-up cards, the build cards. So you're going to get these packs. There's the standard pack of 10. That has they, they, they each have 30% of the basic chi cards and 70% of build cards. And then the ultimate packs going to have 60 cards in that. Same thing. Those are 50 bucks. The, the, uh, the standard packs are uh, 10 bucks. This is going to be way less of them. Like, so these are going to be a lot more rare. The cool cars are a lot cooler and uh, have fun with them. There you go. Thanks for joining us for the Nifty News episode. Number 75 is up next. That's going to be live. Of course, every Thursday we are live at five o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock Pacific. And we have another packed stacked show for you live on Thursday. If you don't get a chance to watch and you just listen to the show, then, you know, when you get a chance, go to our YouTube channel at nifty.show forward slash YouTube. And you can see all of the replays there, which, you know, if there's a project that really catches your attention, you're going to want to go see the visuals for this. So when you go to YouTube, we appreciate if you like and subscribe and ring the bells and and uh, smell the smells. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. It was probably Travis. Uh, but we appreciate you listening, watching, being part of the community. And uh, maybe they should come to our community as well. Huh, Trav? Maybe so. You can check us out at badco.im forward slash discord is the place where the heroes go. And uh, there's going to be some interesting news popping up about the hero token coming up here shortly, folks, that you're going to want to pay attention to. So be aware of that. And if you're a hero, you should go to there. And All right. That's on what? You've got to tell the folks to well, keep it nifty? Yeah, keep it nifty. Okay, keep it nifty. Right? Still nifty.